Hello, Star Wars fans, and welcome to another edition of the Jedi Council podcast. I am your host today, Red Eye Jedi, and with me today is actually a friend of mine, uh, Wes Timmons, the Dread Pirate himself, Professor Mayhem. He goes by many names. Uh, the other members of the council are out running some errands and doing some stuff, so I thought I'd have my friend hop in here and we'd chat about all the things Star Wars and uh, what we love and... Uh, you know, try to remain positive. Wes, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hey, everybody. How you doing? Uh, my name is Wes. I do have a number of aliases, uh, mainly because I find anonymity to be like a warm blanket. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, what, what name are you going to be today? It all depends on the situation. Um, Drop your Twitter handle. Yeah, I don't even think I have one, honestly. <laughs> if I do, I never check it. Uh, okay. All right. I'm not like that. Yeah, he's mysterious, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah, we'll say mysterious and not completely disconnected. That's good. <laughs> Wes and I are old friends. We go back, we go back quite a ways now, and uh, we've always been into into the Star Wars and into uh, all things nerd uh, culture oh, yeah. in general. You know, definite bona fides on both sides here. So, so Wes, why don't you give everybody? Everybody's heard about me before, and things that I'm interested in and stuff like that. Why don't you give a quick intro to, to Wes? Okay. Well, um, I, man, I was raised on Star Wars. Uh, my mom took me to the, one of the first Star Wars when I was like, I want to say in diapers. Um, like I've been, I've been in line for Jedi more times than I can count. Um, I've had the conversation with my friends, like, what if, you know, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan meta, blah, blah. And then years later, you see something like that on screen. It's just, it's surreal to have been in love with, a, I, I hate to call it a property because it's a, it's a galaxy. It's a world in love with this world for so long and watch it be developed and have my imaginations come to life. And it's just, you know, there's way more bad than good. And why not talk? Well, there's way more good than bad. Why not talk about the good? Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do today. So for me, of course, as I've said on this po you know, podcast before, uh, my first you know, entry into Star Wars was when they re-released the special editions. I was not alive. Uh, well, I would, I mean, you know, when was Jedi? I might have maybe been. Jedi alive. was like 80s. I, yeah, I, like might have maybe, I might have maybe. I might have maybe. I was like nine years old when okay. Jedi came out. Okay, so yeah, so I might have been alive, but I was not, uh, I was young, I was a little baby at the time, yeah. so. They were, they were, like, Jedi was, I was, like, target audience, man. Yeah. Me and my Very friends, good. we were, oh God, climbing the walls of the theater, literally, climbing <laughs> the walls of the theater. Yeah, so talk more about that, like, what was it like, what, uh, you, you went to that, were you here, uh, were you, were you local, in your local movie theater, like, where was, were you? Uh, City of Orange. Um, I remember standing in line for, I can't remember which time I was standing in line for Jedi. It must have been like the sixth or seventh time I'd seen it. It was in the summer uh, when all the, you know, all the blockbusters came out in the summer. It was great. <clears throat> the outside of the theater had a um, red brick wall. And me and my friends were literally climbing the theater while waiting in line to get inside. We almost <laughs> lost our tickets from it. But uh, I still remember the conversation we had on the way back. Like it was, we had just seen Jedi and we were talking about what was, what was an actual Jedi like? Cause we'd seen Luke, 
and we'd seen Obi-Wan. We'd seen the end of the road and the beginning of the road. Nobody had ever seen the middle of the road. And they were t- we kept talking about what must it be like to see a real Jedi doing his thing in action? What must at that time, it created this romanticism that uh, it was a wonderful place to escape into. And um, I was watching some podcast recently and some guy said uh, something that really struck me. He mentioned the throwaway line that um, I want to say Tarkin says when he comes in to the first uh, Death Star meeting, he says the old Republic has been dissolved. The all, all remnants of the old Republic have been dissolved. Something like something to that effect, right? Yep. It's kind of a throwaway line. But if you think about it for a second, this is the first anybody's ever seen. So it was, wait a minute, there's a Galactic Republic. Wait, there's an Emperor. Wait. And it puts these wonderful like imagination blossoms into your mind that you're you can just run off in these little tangents and imagine and i think that that's probably what i like most about star wars is it it has always been an ever-expanding universe you know wherever this thread is going it can just take you to, to a completely unexpected place yeah man for for sure and I love that, you know, no matter when you entered in, for the most part, like you get, you have the ability to experience it all, but anybody's entry point is a valid entry point into Star Wars. And I think that's super cool, you know, like, well, I mean, there's people who have seen, who have seen it from, you know, literally movie release. And then there's only people who've experienced, you know, like the, um, the machete order. Yeah. Who got it literally spoon fed to them in a chronologically digestible way that's a completely different movie going experience. Imagine, like, what was it? Uh, imagine Infinity War if you saw that out of order. Well, that's the thing, though. Infinity War was kind of sh- the way that they built to Infinity War was structured to tell the story that way. Star Wars has kind of had so much more time in between, right? Didn't I mean- Lucas have all the whole story there number four to go with he he definitely he definitely had an idea of things like but who's to say that it didn't change between you know this is where i would love to have like dave and them because dave is very knowledgeable on that sort of that sort of thing but you know maybe our maybe the listener knows um i mean he from what i remember hearing yes he did have a plan for all nine now, I know what the last three we got wasn't what he had planned, but Disney had bought it. That's the whole other thing. We'll leave that there. Right. For you and me, it's, you know, we probably lean older sequel trilogy and uh, original trilogy, right? When it comes down, when it comes down to it. And sure. for that stuff, you know, I, I think it's amazing the amount of world building like you were talking about. The ability to just mention these things and suddenly that opens it up to all these possibilities because it doesn't necessarily give you anything other than a name. Right. Like a that's one thing Lucas was really good about is he would just throw a little carrot out there and you're like, wait, a whole swamp world? Wait, yeah. a whole, like, it, it, uh, there's dragons? Like, mm-hmm. it just, it goes on and on. And he didn't feel the need to explain himself. And I like that. Instead of having everything laid out for you kind of like god forbid you know like a fast and furious this is exactly what we're going to do this is exactly <laughs> how it's going to work this is exactly how it goes and then family 
know, or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> right? Well, but Star Wars is very much Star about the Skywalker in, family. For sure. No, but like what I'm saying is, is it, it he doesn't give you all the pieces of the story. He just gives you enough to wet your whistle and get your imagination going. And then you can run with it. And until they come out with some something canonical that argues with that imagination you had, it's alive and well in your Star Wars experience. Well, yeah, I mean, they definitely have they definitely have textbooks that explain the historical and canonical things and what is the they have like the visual encyclopedias and stuff and all that stuff becomes canon and whatnot. But right. as we we talk about a lot on this and and I'm sure you have, we talk about head canon, right? For those of us that have been fans for so long, and I mean, my Star Wars, buddy. Yeah, if I remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure you read some of the comic books and some of that stuff, right? Or yeah, I, I read like maybe one comic book. The thing is, my mother actually read a lot of the the novels. Oh, interesting. And she would tell me little snippets about okay. Mark Jade and the Jedi Academy, and just like, yeah, and I'd be hearing this. Like a kid who had only seen a couple of the movies, and she's literally telling me like legends of the characters I'm already into. It was surreal, man. Yeah, man. I suggest picking them up. They're a real good set of books. Like I have quite a few of those and stuff like that. And you know, those are. I like to get them on audiobook. I think those are now not necessarily though. Like the original, what they called the extended universe, aren't necessarily. They're not canon. I canon. Get that. They're called legends. But if they've been imagined and organized. I'll digest it. I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely it, there. Are definitely some good ones in there. You know, there's definitely a lot more that I haven't read and stuff like that. And I, I did a decent reading on the comics. You know, as as the as a kid growing up, but only really as it pertained to like Vader and stuff like that. More. Yeah, I wasn't too into a lot of like, covers. <laughs> that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too much into the like into the like Clone Wars stuff and things like that, or even like the really old like original run star wars you know what i mean um they had like a set of vader comics that came out that were super sweet and i highly yeah, no, I thought like those those covers yeah, those are those are real good those are real 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 good so those are some of the things that that i love now i i was exposed to star wars going back just a little bit I, to, to me like i said i wasn't around for the original release but i was around for the sequel trilogy uh or the re-release of the uh you know, the first pass he did when he first en enhanced and extended and added scenes. So in. did you see that or did you see the prequels first? I saw that first. And I seen the original Star Wars, but edited for TV with my dad mm. previous to that. Nobody it literally knew. came out the year I was born, dude. So yeah, like my parents didn't I don't, like the VHS. I was in a theater. I don't remember it. <laughs> Yeah, like I, 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 my parents didn't own the VHSs or anything. And like when I watched it, it was like on TV. And then it was, then they released the special edition cuts. And I have those. I have those VHSs on my library yeah. here, you know, in my room. So you got you to gotta hide those. <laughs> I mean, those, they're, the, they're the six by nine, too. They're the crop. They're not even widescreen. Yep. Get your copy and stash, stash it away. Cool, dry place. So, yeah, so, you know, that that's kind of where my entry point was. And obviously, you know, we had three three movies to start with. And this this was before the sequel choice. This was, a you know, in the early 90s. Right. So um, for me, it, it went from there because at the time I was in school, I had to do a lot of book reports. And my mom was always trying to encourage me to read and stuff, you know. And so 
I learned that there was a ton of novels out there, right? So I started reading these novels and, and I started, yeah, like you said, I started learning about Mara Jade and, you know, the new Jedi Academy. And some of the, at the time, the young Jedi Academy novels were like right around my age reading group, you know, which was, which was a good entry point, you know, to get me into that stuff. But I quickly was reading like the Heir to the Empire trilogy and stuff like that. That's like the original origins, like of Thrawn and stuff that, that, that Zahn came up with. I don't know if you, did you finish Rebels? Uh, I got to Thrawn, but I didn't finish it, I don't think. No, okay. But yeah, I mean, he's going to be a big part of the new Ahsoka series coming up. Yeah. And stuff. So like he's, he's now well-established canon when he was kind of for a little bit, at least while Disney owned him, he was technically legends, you know, cause it was old Disney, but or well, they can pick and choose what they want. And at this point they know. can, and I think that they've realized that they need to, you know, like, yeah, yeah. They did try to create, you know, something whole cloth and there, there will be an entire generation of children. It'll be very interesting to see for me, at least what happens coming up here in the next 10, 20 years to see if those kids, you know, connected with those three movies. I see people online who love the sequel trilogies and I like aspects of them, you know, but I still prefer the original stuff and I prefer the books and things that came the way they are. And that's where I was talking about, like with headcanon, like for me, I don't know. Star Wars was, you know, it was a thing that was only available on VHS and sometimes on TV when I was a kid. Then suddenly they had new movies. Right. But then that was it. There was nothing else after that for a while until they started up the animated stuff. And even that wasn't, you know, it's not a movie. It's it's this. It started out real rough if you watch the first couple seasons of Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. It got way more refined and looked amazing, you know, and that's partially because of that show and the, the precedents and, and things that they set with it. So, you know, Star Wars with Clone Wars walked so that Rebels could soar, you know, and things yeah. like that. I'm well, excited to see the second season of Bad Batch. Did you watch Bad Batch at all? I watched a little bit of it. I got... Um, I want to say about four or five episodes in. It was good. I liked it. Um, I was thinking one thing is back when the movies were coming out originally, the the concept of uh, a sequel being better than the first one, that just that just hadn't happened yet since like I want to say Godfather. That was it. Now by sequel you mean Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that I mean- point. It was a sequel. Yeah. And then we had the third movie come out. And every time they, he came out with a new movie, it was like, like you said, this was only available on these VHSs. And it was is this movie that it was kind of self-contained. And like you said, before the TV shows started, uh, it really only went so far. And then all that was left was your imagination. But. Once uh, those TV shows started, it seems like, like you said, like the snowball started rolling faster and that feeling of, I guess, dishing out Star Wars, kind of like, like the Disney vault, if you will, or something, you know, just like tiny little bits at a time. It was hungry for it, you know, and then Disney got a hold of it and it obviously changed the pattern of how they delivered. But I, I still like the fact that it's it's going so well. So I heard a very good way. I heard I heard somebody describe it this way. Um, 
you know, Star Wars now, like we used to have famine in, but now it's like a buffet, you know, and and you get to go up and, and, and pick and choose, really, you know, the Star Wars that you want to watch. You, there, yeah. There's now so much Star Wars that you get a choice, you know, and you don't have to like everything necessarily, you know, and that's fine, you know, but there's probably something in there you like. Choose the things you like, because guess what? In a few months, there's going to be something new coming out. They've got a whole slate of new stuff coming out, like the Andor thing. And, yeah. you know, Mandalorian seems to be doing really well, you know, and. Well, they're coming out with another one, right? Uh, Mandalorian. Oh, absolutely. That's their yeah. bread. and butter. That the Mandalorian in, you know, and we've talked about it on the podcast and I mean, we can get your opinion. In our opinion, The Mandalorian revitalized Star Wars for Disney after the sequel. Thousand percent. Really didn't go. The, the way. only thing, honestly, you want to know what I thought? It's the only mm-hmm. thing that legitimized Disney and their ownership, or moreover, their handling or stewardship of the mantle. Right. Because when when they came out with The Mandalorian, I was like, okay, this is my Star Wars. This yeah, is what I mean. I'm- we talked very much about the same thing. We had very much similar opinions to you on this council and on this podcast where we felt that it was the first real proper Star Wars, like just the, there's just the music and the scenery and everything. The sense of everything just felt like original. It was right. It was was right. It wasn't done janky. It wasn't done. Right. um, And it it wasn't toned down for a large degree. I was really worried Disney's ownership and I've commented on this a lot, and I will come continue to comment on it because I'm always surprised when Disney starts to mature up and push that envelope past like the kid stuff. And I was worried, you know, they were really going to tone stuff down because I mean, you're talking about something that's inherently about war and loss and death and heroes and villains and the main characters are generally amputated. I mean, right? Like, just but, saying, there's a lot of limb loss in Star Wars. It is real stakes, man. Even if you get a robot hand, you got to think about that for the rest of your life. You got a robot hand. You got to get a black glove. You got to have a black glove. You know, you got to not get shot in the black glove. There's so much to do that's extra. Even in the galaxy far, far away, you've got responsibilities, man. It stakes. That's the whole point. Results. Consequences. So, yeah, like... um, That's hilarious. Now I'm thinking about now I'm thinking about like the maintenance you'd have to perform on a droid hand that you just have. Like, right. do you keep more than one? Do you think you have like? Do you think he's like Captain Hook? Does he have attachments? Could he take his hand off? I would it, hope so. Like, like a if, if I have all that, I want other things that I can do with it. You, you know? know, I don't want to have to have an R2 unit to access the computer. I just want to plug in. I mean, what right? I want to know like, if you have to carry around a little tube of oil to keep their hand lubricated. I would imagine they have some sort of future something or other that they don't need to do something like that. Yeah. But who knows? They were the re- they were the rebellion at the time. Maybe maybe afterwards when they became the new Galactic Empire uh, Republic, maybe then maybe then he got a newer hand that wasn't so janky. Maybe. I don't know. He never took that glove off. I mean, that was just for that was just for uh ease of not having to show it as a mechanical hand you know exactly i think nowadays it's pretty cool i mean you see like people with different augments and stuff like that like in boba fett did you watch boba fett they had some some of that in boba fett yeah yeah things i can't remember they were like some kind of digital 
augmentations or something. What were they? Well, there was a few different types of people. Like, I mean, they yeah. Like the Lobot people, like they give up part of their like brain to be able to format like a hard drive. The guy from Cloud City with the with, yeah, like, the assistant to, to Calrissi. Yeah, like that's that's an augment too kind of thing, right? That happens, you so know. He had that done. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so like there's stuff like that too, and then in like the recent series, you know, we saw like there's the guy in Tatooine who basically hooks people up with like augmented body parts and stuff if they want them for right. the right. Oh, part. did the uh. What was that? The secret scene at the very end. Yeah, he's bringing somebody back who is important. He's he's bringing back Cobb Vance. Which one is he? He's the he's the sheriff of the well. What is now? Right, right. Oh man, it used to be most Pelgos, but now it's called Freedom Town, which is a little. Every time I see the guy, I see a vampire. I can't help it, but still. um, Hey, I mean, I love it. I think that I think of all the name. The actor's um, name is Timothy Oliphant, I think. Timothy Oliphant. And every time I see his face, I think, for some reason, I think of like Blade. Was he in Blade? Or is he just, I think he was just in the Transformers movies. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was Hitman, Justified. I mean, he no, he's was, awesome, dude. As soon as I saw him on the screen, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good episode. Yeah. Like, I definitely, I like him a lot, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So he, but he, so he's in The Mandalorian pretty. Pretty regularly, you know, even now. Very so cool. of all the characters that they've gone into, like, I would love to see more of that. I That's one of the parts of, of Boba Fett that I really enjoyed. I really like the Western feel of it, especially like the first couple of scenes. Like you have a train robbery. You've got a shootout at the at, at, like the most Pelgos, you know, between the sheriff and the thing. And, and the, um, oh, my God, the bounty hunter, the blue guy. Uh, yeah, man. Cad Bane, thank you very much. I was you just know. thinking about that. Yeah, I would like to that? see a story about him kind of told in a Breaking Bad kind of way. Like, this is, maybe he starts out good, and he ends up down getting jabbed by uh, Boba Fett in the very end after the Rancor fight. Like, that could be the end. There's a lot of Cad Bane in, in the Clone Wars animated. Yeah. So they so do have pick and choose some of that to tell us the, the pointed story you want about his fall to Yeah, so you would have to you'd have to work on some of that and maybe work in a background because I don't know if they go super far into his background background. Exactly. Always, you could have started out as a nice guy. He's always just kind of the dude who's the bounty hunter who can who can take in and kill Jedi. Exactly. And think yeah. of what a cool show that would be. I just want I just want a, a western Star Wars show with Cobb Vance. That's what I want with Timothy Oliphant being the, yeah. the sheriff and dealing with Spice Runners and Tusken Raiders and living that living that ranch life. <laughs> Just live every day on the ranch. <laughs> yeah, you could have uh, shootouts at high noon and do all of that. Boba Fett was kind of like that. They had the, uh, the train robbery. I felt like Boba, Boba Fett was like much. that in the beginning, but then it all once once he became the daimyo or whatever of, of Mos Espa, like that's all it really became about. And like I don't, I still don't understand why he's doing it. Like I guess he kind of is doing it for the Tuscan Raiders, right? He's doing it because he learned about the value of being part of a community. Boba Fett. The guy who watched his father have his head sliced off and caught it 
the clone kid who was then posed and alone against the galaxy for the rest of his life and was a bounty hunter, finally got the value of camaraderie, community, teamwork, and dedication. Not dedication. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Loyalty. Learn loyalty. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely like the good bad guy, right? He's definitely the anti-hero. That's definitely what now after that show, hell yeah. Well, right, and that's definitely like what was my point at the time when we I knew they were because they can't they can't go to Disneyland and sell Boba Fett as the most ruthless bounty hunter in the galaxy. They could, and all of us would buy it, but to a degree to make it palatable to certain parents and stuff, they need to make him into an anti-hero, which is why they're doing that, right? You know. Don't be surprised if they do it with Cat Bane too when they run out of characters. I mean, I won't I won't be surprised by anything, you know. And I will continue to say that I I will always want more Star Wars. So for me, me like just I will me. never stop consuming nor critiquing. Right. Like uh, yeah, there's gonna be things I don't like, but some of this stuff I'm really gonna enjoy and I really want more of it, you know. Yeah, but I no, would take parts of, of Obi-Wan that I wasn't really like why am I watching this? And there were other parts that I was like, man, this is what I want to see right now. <laughs> like this. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. We always had, I always had reservations on Obi-Wan and a lot of them were still pretty much confirmed because like you knew that there was ultimately no way that he could, their confrontation was never going to lead to anything other than it being postponed until what happens on the Death Star one, you know? Right. But there was one revelation that was given and I of thought killing. Oh, and you can so you can important too because the way, kids, one spoiler. thing that he can think that he conveyed to the kid that made his decision. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched Kenobi, but I mean if you're listening to this, we've already done Kenobi spoilers. But anyway, press on. You can spoil, you can talk freely about anything. Go ahead. Okay. So the one thing that just chilled me in that episode the best part is when anakin or vader says i killed anakin when he finally said no 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 you didn't tell me i killed anakin as in i want this i chose this this is me i'm not turning back complete decision towards evil that was what he conveyed to luke saying no your father's dead dude he's gone the man i knew is no more and vader killed him i know but then all what made luke want to crawl all over the galaxy looking for a red lightsaber to cut in half you killed my father no i am your father holy smoke sorry spoiler alert (laughs) i mean i think i think most people know that but yes I already did the spoiler alert, so you're all good. Keep going. No, that was him, and it was just, it was so to the heart of everything. It's because you knew that Obi-Wan saw him as that baby kid who got into a pod racer and got him off Tatooine. That's how he met him. It's how he registered in his mind. It's how he feels about it. And so to see that kid in all that cybernetic crap that he just chopped up and to have him say... I've decided this path. You didn't make me go down this path. I chose this path because I wanted it and I killed whatever good man 
you knew or tried to build because I needed to. Yeah. That's a decision, bud. And he straight let him know, I made that decision. And that's the only thing that he alluded to when he told Luke and kind of lied to him to get him to do what he wanted. So, I mean, yeah, definitely could see. In, in, in a certain point of view. And from a certain point of view, no. So you're you're right, but then obviously Luke redeems his father at the end. Hundred percent. I mean, so that is the story arc, right? Like while he's yeah. gonna say that Vader, while he's Vader says that he killed Anakin, he didn't completely kill Anakin. Well, no, the whole Star it Wars really is just, about redemption of the unredeemable. Right, and it really just at this point was used as a plot device to get Obi Wan over his guilt, which. In my opinion, he fully deserves the guilt. And he <laughs> honestly should sit in that cave and think about what he did for the rest of time. And really, that's another reason. But I got, like I was saying, there's problematic things with that series. While I enjoyed it, like... You're saying he's the Oppenheimer of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Is that what you're... Like, <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. It's more of like a Schrodinger's cat. Because it's either... It's either they... They can't really, they can't really kill each other. There is no stakes in their battle, to me, other than like you said, you're talking this, in in the narrative of the Obi Wan series. Yes, having this okay. emotional reveal is, is is what it is, and and while that's great, and it and it absolves it absolves Obi Wan of his guilt, I guess to a degree, and it allows him to continue on to go and then try to train Luke. I don't know. It it seems I wouldn't say it absolves, but he definitely gives him fodder. To get his kid into action, he can just tell him. I mean, for what sure, his dad said. Sure, but don't don't you see that from a certain point of view? And bam, Luke's off like a shot, man. I understand what you're arguing now. I understand what you're arguing now. So yeah. yes, yes, Obi Wan definitely massage the truth to his benefit. Yeah, he even let you know he was doing it. Yeah, he definitely made it work. To his benefit. Right. But in, you know, we'll say in his wisdom, he had to know that the only person who was going to be able to do anything about it was Luke. But see, now that's where we get into where another problem with Kenobi lies. That's not true because Leia. Okay, because Leia. All right. And he knows she exists. And he knows she's a little precocious badass now. Exactly. I don't know. I thought she was spunky. I definitely, it. no, I like, and that's the thing. I really enjoyed the interactions. I enjoyed the dialogue and the revelations. Like he, the, one of my favorite, most touching scenes that obviously touched my heart was when he told her about her parents. Like he, he's a, he's the one person in the galaxy who knows, but it furthermore like leads to like questions then, like I said, and even if all of the, the lines and things like that, like, Lead up, there's the part in the Millennium Falcon after Obi-Wan sacrifices himself for them where she's, like, kneeled down and, like, comforting Luke. Like, she's not, like, and I get it. She's, like, a trained senator and stuff like that. But, like, she has zero, obviously, they're retconning something that happened from a movie from the 70s. So it's not going to completely line up. But you would imagine that Leia, who owes her life to this Jedi, who just sacrificed himself to get her out of another jam, just zero. Like they don't ever really. There meet. wasn't any. They could have done a better. They could have done a better seam on that. 
Yeah, and I have a better stitch. I don't know somehow otherwise going back and editing a new hope to give her that somehow. Because you can't really change that to a degree. Well, like yeah, I mean, I can think of a way it's not fun, but you could have them have a falling out. I mean, sure, I guess. I mean, it's not pretty, it's not Disney, but it would work. It's definitely it's not even really Star Wars at that point. No, not at all. <clears throat> but you were trying to patch we're literally trying to time warp a storyline from the seventies to now or from now to the seventies. Yeah. I mean, obviously they've done a great job, but it was, it's just one of those things again, where I'm like, he doesn't necessarily need Luke. And like, one of the things I brought up before was like, okay, so why did he go give it? If he knew he wanted to train the kid. Right. And like, that was going to be what his, his deal was. He was going to end up training Luke. They start, start training Jedi at like three years old. Why even give him to his uncle and his aunt? That's a good point. You know, so I have why not just like disappear that. into the Jundlin waste, take Luke with you, and have him learn on beating sand people into the dirt. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. I guess that's one way to do it. I don't know that that's the Jedi way to beat Jundlin waste. You no, know, like they're going to be attacked left and right. Those will be his object lessons. Is my point. I mean, sure, you're definitely going to have. They are the raiders, like Tuscan raiders. So they're going to raid, especially somebody who's out there by themselves. Right. Until they figure out, dude, this guy's got a laser sword. Don't go mess with him. (laughs) (laughs) And the kid's spunky, too. (sighs) I mean, that's the other thing, too, right? I've seen those memes where it's like, here, let me give you, it belonged to your father. Oh, by the way, he murdered like 30 children with it. Yeah. That's and that's like right. they don't. <laughs> it's like P.S. P.S. Everybody's all torn up when his hand goes down the, the shaft with the blue lightsaber. I'm like, you know, there's really no, no big loss there. Just make a new one, new memories, move on. Get a new I hand. Know, that was what that was like one thing in the sequel trilogy. I was hoping they'd really get to that they would explain why Maz Kanata had it, and they never really that's a story for another time. Apparently they have it. Uh, they have it in a comic book, I guess. But I uh, again, I haven't read that series of comic I think books. It literally, it fell down a shaft. Somebody picked it up. They sold it to a trader, and it was like I don't remember, but I wasn't impressed. So I feel like it was a very boring connection that they made. Okay. I can't speak to actually, but that could have been a really cool, you know? Yeah, it could have been a whole story. Like, it could have been a really cool storyline to, to go down. So that would have been cool. Because there is something to the whole Skywalker saga, I think, right? Like, I mean, from Anakin to the, his offspring to their offspring and, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, every... You have society, right? And then you have, like, what society looks at. You have, you know, the Kennedys, the Kardashians, the Skywalkers. So it can be about Star Wars, but let's let's admit it. They're the royalty of the Star Wars universe. They're They're the... They're the ones, you know, they're the Highlanders, if you will. You know, I hate to mix. But like, yeah, they're they're the ones that this the whole thing has been about up until now. And I I feel like they were trying to put a button on it with red. Yeah, At definitely. The end, with the and, yellow light. You know, that is what it is, how they ended ended that and whatnot. But like everything they're everything they're making that's coming up is all about the time in between all that, you know, and like <laughs> Yeah, I, so they can't really let go of the Star Wars of the Skywalker saga because I think that might 
just be where the Star Wars universe resides. Is the where era would, in which these people started and ended. Where would you uh, go? Would you go? Would you go? If you were going to make a, a series or a movie, where would you go? Would you go super far into the future or super far into the past to get past the, the Skywalker family line? Um, I guess what would be more interesting to me would be to go super far into the past. And I'm, I'm only saying this because Knights of the Old, Old Republic was an epic Star Wars adventure that was disconnected from the Skywalkers completely. And yet it had this looming sense of this is all going somewhere. And that somewhere is somewhere that I love. I know we're being positive, but if I can make a reference to game of Thrones, <laughs> that didn't go somewhere. I loved. I, I like, I see them trying to pitch this new show. I don't want to watch that. I know it's going to go somewhere. I didn't like. So Which why do one? I want to do house? You're talking about House of the Dragons? Yeah, yeah. I have no interest in seeing it. None yeah, whatsoever. Um, and I was all about Game of Thrones until the last episode. I am very much in the same... You and me share a similar opinion on that. I also yeah. am not watching House of Dragons. I get it. It's before there's dragons. And that's cool. But like, I know where it ends. And I was. it was so distasteful that I didn't like it. Zero investment. But see, that's the difference between my fandom with Star Wars and my fandom of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, I can write that off. Star Wars, I will give it lateral because, like I said, I have my head cannon. In my head cannon, the sequel trilogies might have happened, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it happened in the multiverse. They started. Me, my head cannon goes from the beginning of the sequel trilogies. And Real no, quick, spoiler alert, for, spoiler alert for you. Rebels kind of introduces time distortions. Really? Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to dig in further. So but, uh, you should. you, And I highly recommend because the last few seasons of Rebels are fucking top-notch Star Wars. Pardon my yeah. friend, viewer, <laughs> listener. I apologize. But yeah, the last, the first couple of seasons, it took a while. I mean, don't get me wrong. And it was kid-like, but it... It aged with its audience and it matured in its storytelling to connect to the greater Star Wars, especially just before A New Hope. Gotcha. And stuff like that. Plus, it, it, it dovetails nicely into the Clone Wars because Ahsoka eventually joins. Gotcha. Part of the fun. So, you know, give it a go. I highly I'll suggest. Guess, no, I definitely need to finish that. That's on my list. But, but, because, uh, but because of that time trickery and stuff like that, uh, and we also know because of the Clone Wars, when they do the father, the son, and the daughter, when they go to that alternate time uh, space. Have you seen that episode? Where Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and you haven't, you haven't seen that one? Which one? Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and... Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and uh, Anakin get like, brought into this like plane of existence that has the father, the son and the daughter who represent the light, the dark and the balance. And then Anakin is made. Oh dude, you need to watch that too. Yeah. It's clone wars. huh? Yeah. That's clone wars. Yeah. I got a lot to finish. Apparently I yeah. got halfway in and started, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot and like that machete order helps, but there's still a lot. There's still a lot to watch and a lot to listen to. So, you know, but just know there's some there's some prime gems in there that really do a lot to 
expand the mythos around the Skywalker line and some stuff like that that adds and builds to other things that now I have questions about whether or not, you know, maybe the sequel trilogy is some alternate timeline. Oh, kind of multiverse them, huh? You could, potentially. Makes sense. You know, because, yeah, I won't won't spoil too much. A world where telekinesis and uh, you know, mind control and all these other things are, are physically possible. So why not that? You know, I mean, especially why not a multiple about. universe? Why why not being multiple existences? They were uh, they were alluding to uh, what do they call it when somebody is being not teleported but not transcendental? What Luke did to fight Kylo Ren at the end. Force projected. Force projected. But what do you call that in the real world? You are astral projection. Well, oh, you mean like yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. astral projection, but they call it a yeah. force projection, right? But like you, so astral projection is even in their existence. So why not multi multi existences, multi universes? Makes perfect sense to me. And that's the thing is, is Lucas literally came up with a world where physics itself um is really subject to the narrative you know what i mean oh you need a laser sword that stops three feet out we can do that no problem no i won't go on for infinity it just stops why because it does <laughs> because star wars because star wars because you need it to you know what i mean and yeah that, that, it's it's this wonderful place it's a playground for your imagination to run wild in. Well, and even then, like when you read the books and stuff like that, one what they have is what they call known space, right? Okay. And the spot outside that is called the chaos. I think I've heard reference of that in An unknown um, space. Knights um, of the Old Republic. Yeah, exactly. So, and there's stuff out there, and the, the Timothy Zahn books have worked to build out the Chiss Ascendancy, who Thrawn is part of, and they live in the chaos, and they're the largest. They're the largest faction of people and like dominating presence out there, and it's very the blue people. It, yeah, like blue people with the with the. They're red all eye. blue, right? Not just Thrawn. Yeah. Okay. Huh? Thrawn's he's not alone in the whole blueness. There's like no, a smart not alone. Out There's there, a whole right? species of people that look like him. Gotcha. And they're called the Chiss. The Chiss. It's C H I S S. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And that stuff all gets built out. So what you have now in the books is you have this looming threat coming in from the chaos that's also now affecting, you know, what the known part of space is. So in addition, they've added a whole new set of galaxies on to Star Wars, you know, just through some books. And and with him being in the Ahsoka stuff, I can only imagine they'll eventually get to telling those stories visually in some some way, shape or form, you know, whether it be a movie, a TV show or an animated thing. Honestly, it, it was a brilliant purchase for Disney to, to make this property because the stories go everywhere. Like, monetarily speaking, not how we feel about it, but like, <clears throat> they were brilliant because they, it is unending the threads that they can follow. They can just make up some stuff here. It's And it's even more so than Star Trek, where it, it kind of has to have the same rules and they got to go to different you know, different alien species every time. It had a formula. Star Wars was less formulaic. 
You know what I mean? And it, it allowed for more creativity and more, you know, introduction of new items or new uh, material. As I'm sure Al, uh, Ali would, uh, would be saying, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it for him since he's not here. Star Trek is obviously science fiction, right? While I consider Star Wars to be science fantasy, right? Really? <clears throat> I believe so. I believe that is okay. the distinction. Because What's the distinction between fiction and fantasy? <clears throat> things like telekinesis, laser swords, um, reading, you know, reading people's minds and stuff like that. And Lasers, I get it. Yeah, Troy. I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Go on. I'm not trying to be. I, I, I get it. I get it. I know. I watch a lot of Star Trek, too, so I understand. But we won't. We won't. I don't want to go down that that road. I will be here all day. <laughs> we'll be here I all will day. say that, that Star Wars has a more um, space opera. Very much. It's very high adventure to me. Whereas, yes. And, and, and honestly, you know, Star, some of the Star Trek is like that now. Some of the Picard stuff and some of that Discovery stuff, it's very like world galaxy ending arcing storylines that take an entire season to tell whereas before it was very like you said formulaic and episodic everything was encapsulated in a 30 to 35 minute episode and you're gonna have your story told and there's gonna be a resolution and you're gonna come back next week and do it all over again exactly but they have that too now with like strange new worlds you know so they're they're still making that kind of star trek but they've also kind of adopted you know, and some people don't like that. I know, like people. There's people who didn't like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. You know, they they said it wasn't Star Trek. You know, so they have their own fandom issues too. You know, it's just. I, I think with ours, like, you know. It, go ahead. No, I I kind of look at it like um, you're gonna get a different artistic interpretation from each um, director's point of view, if you will. Like it it was it was. Abrams' vision, now granted there was a lot of lens flare in that vision, but still, it was his vision to do Star Trek that way. And he introduced the multiple worlds or multiple existences, which works with Star, with Star Trek for me. You know what I mean? Well, um, I mean so it, it's not necessarily the Star Trek that I am reminiscent about, but it is a branch of Star Trek that I'm willing to digest just like the Star Wars that they're willing to shovel out, if it's Thrawn people, the Chiss, or the, you know, the um, Cad Bane, uh, or even your guy, the Oliphant series, you know, if they come yeah. up with all of these things. I'll digest it, but I'll critique it. But and I mean, even this far back thing, is I'm like... always going to be holding it up to that headcanon that you talk about. Right. That's the, that's, that's the litmus test. You know what I mean? If it doesn't meet this mark, then it's it's not my Star Wars, not my Star Trek. But I'm always going to be holding it up to that light. Yeah. Yeah. I guess to a degree, yeah, like that is what I'm saying, right? Like I am saying, like we to a degree, even like, even if I don't like it, it I'll, I'll make room for it somewhere, even if I ignore it, I guess. I have to, like by, I look at the wall, okay? I have to digest it for those of you what? listening, oh, Wes has quite an array of, of of action figures. In fact, he's got a Luke Skywalker. He's got some nice. He's got some nice. He's got some nice statues and some nice figures. Way too much money, time, energy, etc., spent on it. But 
uh, it's if it's a love, then you have to do it. Whether you're like walking into it going, man, this is gonna be rough, or you you're you're excited about it, I still have to watch it. Yeah, like I'll, like I'll, even I'll, if I'm not excited about what was the other one? I can't remember what it was. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'll, I'll watch all of it still. Like I've said yeah. before, I will continue to watch all of it, and I will. Ultimately, things will be better than other things. That's just the nature of it, right? Like, even with Marvel, even with even with Star Trek, there's 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 a ranking that's ultimately naturally going to come. I'm going to like certain things more than other things, and and I think that's a perfectly fine thing to do. And I think they can all exist together, right? I think though, I think that's the great part about it is building your own sort of headcanon, like. That was the thing. Like you had talked about it, you touched on it a bit in the beginning. You had said, like back in the day, it was it was you and your friends talking about what if, what if this, what if that, because there was no other content that was showing you somebody else's what if. You just had you and your buddy, like, hey man, what if this, you know? And like you get hours of conversation, man. Right. And like that, I think is is the spirit, you know, that I that I go into Star Wars with. Like, what if this was what they did next? You know, and I always want to see what the next thing they're going to do is. And in the meantime, if I don't like it, I can write my own Star Wars book. I can, you know, read a Star Wars book that's different than the than than what I'm getting, you know, visually and stuff like that. So I love. I mean, I, I've, oh, I've loved all those things. It, for me, it goes back to even. Uh, okay, a good reference is. Uh, clerks when he's like which star wars movie do you think is the best and he goes empire blasphemy and then they get into this long conversation about why empire was the best because it ended on a down ending etc etc and it was different than the other you know happy little muppet movies whatever and everybody has an opinion like you said and, and a ranking even when there was only those three and all we had was our imagination there was still a ranking dude there was. People felt strongly. You were either episode one or episode two. There was no four and five back then. It was no, no. Star you Wars, mean to correct Star your Wars and Empire Strikes Back? There were you no mean numbers. Four, five, six. Right, but at that point, in that point in time, there was Star Wars. It was just called Star Wars. Nobody right. even knew it was called New Hope until like after Jedi came out. Yeah, I don't think they. Ch- I think they changed it. They later. did not push that. It was Star Wars. But I guess for you guys, Empire Strikes Back. That's interesting too. So for you, you lived in a world where it was just Star Wars one, two, and three initially. Yep. Like for me, it's always been that's been Episode four, five, and six. I always knew that there was a one, two, and three before it. You know when they turned into Episode four, five, and six when they released the VHS. Yeah. People could own it, and they'd look at it like, "What's this New Hope crap?" I wanted Star Wars, you know, and then you watch it and you're like, oh, wow, there's they let me into this story halfway through. What? Where's the beginning? Yeah. And I, I thought it was on it. Honestly, it was a wonderful way to get people excited about more of it. That's one thing Lucas had down, man. He could get you jazzed on more of what he just showed you. I don't know how, but like he showed you an ice planet. You're like, dude, I want to see that whole planet. He showed you a swamp planet. You want to see that whole place. He showed you one Wookiee. You wanted to see their, their villages and all that. And eventually it all came to life. 
I mean, he definitely is a visionary, right? Like yeah. I was watching, I was watching um, briefly with, with the wife the other day on YouTube. We happened upon a, uh, I don't know if it was a deleted scene or a movie extra from the, the sequel trilogy, but it was when Ewan McGregor was first getting put in for hair for, for Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, and just to watch him work there, like you, you can see it. Like when you watch those behind the scenes videos, like you can, and you watch George Lucas work, like he, you can tell it's a man who sees it. He can see it. And he's just trying to get it made in real life. Like, yeah, no, he's very, got it in his head. Yeah. He is a very, very, very talented person. And like, he's a once in a lifetime person. And I, I you know, I, I, I'm thankful that he created Star Wars because it is, has impacted my life so much and been such a big part of my life as as silly as that is you know like it's not silly at all send me to film school man i mean <laughs> <laughs> like are you kidding me right, it he's inspired you. like he's inspired the geek side he's inspired the cinematic side he's inspired the writer like i'm great like you said i'm very grateful We've had George Lucas in our life. I mean, and to a large extent, it is science fiction and stuff like Star Wars that got me into computer programming because I was into computers because of science fiction stuff. So, so yeah, I guess that could that could apply to me as well, you know. But ultimately, with Star Wars, like it's the one thing that I really purely fan out for. Like it is the one thing that I will go any distance to do something for. I will. Sit in a line and wait. I will, you know, and I don't do that for a lot of things in the age of being able to digitally pre-order. And, you know, I love that the Disney series are are available to watch and stuff, you know, at home. That's great. And I love, but I still like going to a movie. Like, I haven't really been to a movie in a few years because of COVID and because, you know, I just, even though now with relaxed restrictions and stuff, like, I just, I just haven't felt comfortable enough to go. Right. So. But I would go for Star Wars. So that's saying. Yeah. No, that's the one that's going to get the egg crack. I get you. Yeah. Like Honestly, if Disney I, came out and said, hey, we have the next Star Wars trilogy coming out and the first movie's coming out, that would be the first ticket I would buy back to the movie. I, I drove all the way to uh, L.A. from the Valley um, for the release of uh, Battlefront 2. That was, um, I remember who put it out, but they were having like a little pre-show thing uh-huh. and there was people stood in line and bought tickets and all that. Um, and we were able to get in and I got to play it and it was a surreal moment to be able to play Darth Maul before anybody else gotten their hands on it. You know, <laughs> even it was like 15 seconds. It was just like highlight, dude. Yeah. And it was this, I, I was, I was willing to stand in the sun for, I don't know, four or five hours. I was willing to pay for the ticket. I was willing to stand in line. I was willing to, you know, there was Nothing else there to do except for get cattled in, get a poster, and then play the game for 15 seconds and then have the next person come in behind you. But I lucked out and, you know, got to play a hero. And I was like, oh, that was the best. I'd do it again. It's Star Wars. Would I do it for any other property? No. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that, that's something you and I share that uh, I don't so much with the other, other members is, is you and I both play games at a lot of them, you know? And so yeah. you and I've played most of them and I've, I like you, I've, I've gone to launch events. I remember I went to the force Unleashed launch event at game at my local GameStop and stuff like that for both one and two, you know? So for me too, like that was the other thing, right? Like not only did I have three movies and then a, 
eventually I discovered, obviously, like I said, a bunch of books and comics. But then, of course, you know, every couple of years he got a Star Wars property because Lucas was smart enough to make, you know, a whole video game division. I remember when I got I felt I was thrilled when I got to dive into my first Star Wars world in a game. It was Rogue Squadron. Okay. To 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 be in before. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to be inside a Star Wars environment, even in a digital representation, surreal, man. Yeah. I was on hot. It was so cool. It was the lowest graphics ever. It was the hardest <laughs> game. to. I couldn't get past the first level, but I played it over and over and over again because I was in Star Wars, man. It was great. Uh-huh. Like no other video game I played had that same frosting on it. Like, yeah, it's a video game, but dude, it's a video game. I'm in Star Wars. There was extra to it. And I was did you play right. did you play Shadows of the Empire as well? Shadow, I don't remember that one. I don't think okay. I did. That was a, that was the other Star Wars mm-hmm. title that was on Nintendo 64. I played that. I played Rogue Squadron a bit. I wasn't too into the flying games. I was always into like third person action adventure games and like RPG games. You got me into the one, you know, where we fly recently. That's yeah. You know, we played that and that's real fun. You know, like that's a great game. Like Rogue Squadron and stuff back in the day, obviously they didn't have online co-op or anything like that. It was all just single. No, it was you were you were it was you against the levels. Yeah. Like increasingly harder. Yeah, just it wasn't my cup of tea. But I like my first Star Wars game was even a little bit earlier than that. Mine was Dark Forces on the plate on the PC. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a first-person shooter. I think you play as... Uh, basically, you're on this... It was Scarif before Scarif. You go to this... De- you you're in, you start off on this, like, a, like in this area where you steal the Death Star plans, and then you have to, like, get to this thing to transmit them off, and you fight off all these stormtroopers and stuff like that. Huh. That's kind of how I remember it. That's probably entirely wrong, but I was, like, young <laughs> when I played it, and our, our computer barely played it. You know, I didn't have the greatest PC back then, but that's probably the earliest Star Wars game I remember. Yeah, mine went from Rogue One and then I went into uh, Rogue Squadron. No, no, it was uh, Force Unleashed. Oh, okay, that's a big jump. Yeah, from uh, one and two and God, I love those games. Did you not play like Jedi Power Battles or any of that stuff? Any of that? Missed Jedi Outcast, Jedi Power Battles. I missed all of that. Oh, okay. I wasn't gaming at that time. Well, Jedi Outcast, uh, Jedi. Oh, no. People rave about that game. That game's great. I yeah. played that game. Um, yeah. Yeah. All of those are great. Great. I, I have a confession. It was I was uh, The Skywalker Saga for Lego. <laughs> oh, did you buy that? I bought the Lego game, the Skywalker Saga. Did you start playing it? Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's like, um, it's Star Wars, but with a little bit of Lego humor in it. So it's it's cute. You know, it's something that you can just sit there and just kind of mindlessly go through and be like, oh, hey, did you see that thing? Yeah, I know there's lots of Easter eggs and stuff, and I've seen quite a bit of it on, on like Reddit and stuff like that where people talk about it. And a lot of people really love it. Lego games just have never really been my bag. I just have never really been that into Star Wars. Was, this is the first one that I actually considered buying it. So this is the first one where they changed the view. 
you're now like a normal third person viewer. You can move the camera before it was very limited. You could only move like left yeah, and right. That was always a big environment. Yeah. For me, that was a big problem too. Cause it was just shy of overhead and overhead is where I draw the line. Like I don't, I don't want to do overhead stuff. See, and I don't have a problem with overhead. I do play some overhead games. Like I play gauntlet and stuff like that. That's isometric 45 overhead and I like it. But like for that, for whatever reason, I think it might be because of the characters and wanting to see more of the environment. I want to be able to move the camera and it wouldn't. Yeah, so you can do that with this. And it that's totally good sells. Um, and actually, I was surprised. There's actual physical like combat um, chains with the lightsaber. Like you hit different buttons. He does different, different stuff when he's attacking. So it's not just button mashing. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so they have yeah. a bit of a combat chain. Absolutely. Yeah, that's always nice for a robust game, you know. Otherwise, I mean, button smashing is fun and all, but being able to chain stuff together is always what's yeah. going to give you longevity of play. The only, like, I've had two games that have really done really well with lightsabers. One you'll believe, one you won't believe. Uh, one was um, the uh, the new one, the Jedi Fallen Order. Not, which one? Was the one with? Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Fallen Order, the one with yeah, Cal- Jedi Fallen Order, right? The um, second one's coming so, out here soon. Right, right. So that one has like phenomenal lightsaber stuff, but um, Disney Infinity Three had really good lightsaber skills. There were little uh, moments where you you hit the button a couple of times, and then you wait for a second, and then you hit it again. They do different acrobatic things, and it was very addictive, very satisfying lightsaber. Work. So interesting. Some of the best lightsaber games I've played. <laughs> Have you played any of the VR ones? No, I'm afraid to because I'm I think I might not come out. <laughs> <laughs> I know I won't come out, especially the Vader specific one. But like yeah, they look my neat. issue with those right now is that like it's so split up depending on what you want to play. Sometimes you have to be like I I want to get the new PlayStation VR 2 is going to be coming out later this year. And that's like high on my list of peripherals I do want to buy. But yeah. even if I get that, I won't be able to play some of the Star Wars stuff I want because it's specific to whatever the Facebook one is, which I think is Oculus. Yeah. Oculus yeah. and Meta and all that. And I'm not yeah. Looking. So now like if I want that, I need to have a Facebook account. Well, then I just don't do that anymore. So. No for me, but PSVR 2, anything they make for that? Like, like I really want to play the, the flying game, the Star Wars Starfighter game. That you can play with VR. Yeah, I, I think that might actually make it a little bit more, um, how can I put it, realistic slash functional. Because I feel like I have a, a field of view issue with that game. Like it was designed for VR and I'm just missing something by playing <laughs> Without yeah, it. I know what you're talking about. You can learn to adapt with the on-screens, but it's definitely not as good as being able to look around physically with a VR headset. Yeah. I really honestly like third person when I'm in Star Wars flying games because I love the ships. I want to see the ships. The cockpits are cool, but, you know, I want to see the ship doing its thing. I mean... And it's a great perspective for hunting people down, so... You definitely get a wider frame of view in third person. So, yeah, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I I like the first person view of it just because of how entrenched you feel. And it feels that much. And then with a VR headset, I can only imagine it. Oh, yeah. No, if it was VR, I would 100% yeah. want to be in that cockpit. Yeah. Because that is the thing. I don't do the first person. I do the third person pulled out when I'm, you know. 
Oh, when you're flying, that's right. When I'm flying, because I don't, I don't like, I, I don't like the fact that you have to hold a button to turn your head. When I could just tap. I don't even do that. Look, if I was in a VR headset. Yeah, no, I'm usually just using the radar. Uh, but no, that game, that game was pretty fun, and we played Battlefront obviously for years. I've always yeah. loved the Battlefront series. Every now and then, I'll just drive dive back in. Every once in a while, you know, um, especially now they've really, you know, kind of given. And up I on think them. they they aren't they talking about coming out with uh, another one aside from Fallen Order. You know, there was some talk of some different ones coming out and some stuff like that. I know they were talking about and they were talking about a remaster of Knights of the Old Republic. But oh, I just heard news that that got put on hold. Indefinitely, from what I heard. Yeah, uh, that was a heartbreaker, man. What they really just need to do is make the next Knights of the Old Republic on a modern engine. Like, make yeah. the next. Continue the story. Don't even make it Knights of the Old Republic. Make it Knights of the New Jedi Order and fast forward a billion years, you know, and just tell yeah. it. And then suddenly you can interact with things that are legends of the past. You know what I mean? And you can go do stuff from the original series that had. I'd like to see what the Sith were like. You what? I'd like to see a a story about the planet of the Sith. The actual race. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think. Comic stuff and they're wicked looking. I'm pretty sure Knights of the Old Republic 2 goes into the Sith stuff a little bit more. And I know. Yeah, but it's, it's their statues and their their mausoleums and they're dead, long dead. And right, right. So you want to go like in the time of the the genetic Sith, not just the the idealist the ideology of it, but like the actual empire. race that it came from. That'd be the actual awesome. empire of the Sith. Yeah, or the, the, the before it used the, to be a species, right? Before the rule of two, right? So I would be all over learning all about that species. Like maybe, uh, you know, a, a series about them fighting off Mandalorians or something. That'd be sick. That'd be cool to watch. Yeah, like the Mandalorian Empire fighting the Sith Empire could have happened. There's billions of years of Star Wars there. I, I don't, and this is where I need my historian people. I, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure, but was the Mandalore alive at that time? Was the Mandalore has been around for a long time. I know well, that. I know the Mandalore is it, it was originally a person. Yes. So I'm wondering, does his timeline correspond with that? Could that meet up? If so, that sounds so cool. No, probably not. Now that I think about it, because like, well, they are talking about the Mandalorian War in Old Republic. So they didn't really, I don't know if they specified when the Mandalorian War was. Let's but see. But the impression they give of the Sith being a people and an empire uh, and not just like old mausoleums is ancient. Yeah, I was just trying to look to see if it had any sort of timeline. Yeah, it really just talked about them fighting Jedi, which I think, I mean, obviously the Jedi were around during the Sith Empire, too. So you could right. have if they're fighting Jedi, they could be maybe they got introduced to the Sith first and 
know, you could go, like I said, the, the beauty of Star Wars is the fact that you can literally take a thread and run with it. You know what I would like to see? And I know this might be a bit of blasphemy, but I really like that Star Trek Lower Decks. Do you watch that? Is that animated about kids? Yeah. I think I've seen a little. No, like, no, no, no. There's five two seconds of it. Hold on, hold on. There's two different animated Star Trek things. There's one with kids, and then there's one with like young adults who are in their like twenties and stuff who work in the lower decks of a of an Enterprise class starship. Okay, you're gonna have to send me a link to this. That I one, I want them to do that, but I want them to do it on like a Star Destroyer, or like on a New Republic cruiser or something like that, or on a Republic cruiser. I want that sort of storyline, but in the Star Wars universe, it's literally it's. You'll really think it's funny because the Star Trek. You'll like the Star Trek show. I'll send that. I'll send that to you. I can't believe you haven't watched it. There's the oh, ship. I can't believe I haven't found it. I didn't know it was there. The ship they serve on, they serve as the the second contact. They don't ever do first contact. After first contact's over, they take over and do all the secondary contact. That's funny. And they fly on the USS Cerritos because nothing happens in Cerritos, California. <laughs> I thought you might appreciate. I thought you might appreciate that. But anyway, I know we've talked about Star Trek like twice on this, and people are probably like, "Oh my god!" I apologize, folks. We love all this. We love all the nerd things. I, I there's a you know you can't all- mix them. They're not the same. No, they're not the same. I like all ends of the spectrum. They cover them all. I like them all, you know, but Laser Swords I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't like all of that. I really would like a parody comedy lower decks in the Star Wars universe. I think that would be a cool kind of thing to see, you know. Well, I will say that I haven't seen a whole lot of deliberate, continuous comedy in Star Wars moments. Sure, but has there really been? A funny Star Wars show? Um, they did a they did an animated series called Star Wars Droids back in the day, and it's a little slapsticky because it's animated and it's a lot of squash and stretch. You know, it's that traditional animation, so it's a little bit. I remember more, that. It's a little bit more humorous and in that vein, but no, they haven't really done. There's not really like an adult slap like you know, comedy parody type Star Wars show. What I'd like to see is a comedy show like you're talking about, about stormtroopers in like a shooting academy or something, or like the barracks or something like, and just have it be, or have it be really morbid and call it, and call it countdown. And it can just be the, a couple of days before the Death Star gets blown up. Have I got have i got a book for you man you need to read this book write this down you need to read star wars lost stars i believe is what it's called all right yeah had to check my library yeah you want to read a book called star wars lost stars and that's it's basically that really it's basically that. It's That's a little cool. bit more than that, but it's basically that. It's about right. two kids who go through the Imperial Academy of, uh, of of training and stuff, and what happens to them after they leave uh, the academy. 
I'll put it on the list for sure. Great book. Very good book. Um, but yeah, that'd be great. Or like a procedural crime drama of like Coruscant, like deputies trying to solve crimes would be cool. I, I know you probably maybe didn't hear it, but like during Kenobi, like I thought it would have been cooler in Kenobi if it was about him, you know, meeting up with the path and then becoming like detective Jedi and like trying to find all these kids who are getting snatched up across the galaxy and bringing them in to save them kind of deal. But like, I know technically, you know, Obi-Wan's supposed to have been on Tatooine, but obviously he left Tatooine to go save Leia. So we know that's not entirely true now. So maybe he could do that too. But if not, they did bring up Quinlan Voss, who's a council member from, well, I don't think he was a council member. I think he was just a, I think he was just a Jedi from the Old Republic. But like, it would have been cool for him to maybe have done that. You know what I mean? Maybe Kenobi showed up in his series. You know what I mean? And they, and they did that. So those are some of the things I want to see, like crime procedural stuff and stuff like that. I want to see them apply those like traditional TV things to Star Wars and see if they can do it successfully. I want to see uh, bounty hunter shit, honestly. Excuse my French. I honestly, I, like, I would love to see uh, like Boba Fett's greatest kills or Cad Bane, you know, uh, no one, Cad Bane always gets his man. Or, you know, something like that. That would be great. And just have it be like Kung Fu or, you know, I mean, in that vein. The Mandalorian kind of started out like that. But I mean, now he doesn't even do any sort of bounty hunting. So it's not. Quite no, like- what I want is like, like almost episodic remembrance of his, his greatest deeds. What got him into Jabba's palace initially? Like, right. oh, I heard about that thing you did. Let's see that in episode 14. You know, and and so on and so on. And of course, since it's Star Wars, never ending until way after I die. I think honestly what they should do for that is, I think you're right. What they could do is they could have him just like drinking at a bar on Tatooine or something. telling. And he could always start with, I'll tell you some stuff. I got a story about that. I got a story for you. Right. That'd be cool. It'd be cool to see episodic tales of of Boba Fett in in his prime and in his heyday. Almost, um, do you ever, did you ever see the young Indiana Jones? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. It was just little snippets of what made him, him. Yeah. Like the, no, the more telling of the legend. That's what I want. And that's what I want from every facet of Star Wars is the more telling of the legend. Just I like going. that too. And the reason that I think that it works too is, is it because it gives them the opportunity then to also recast those roles with younger actors and then, right, exactly. Right. So like it gives them the ability to prolong the character. One of the things that I think a lot of people can't let go of and like Marvel is really struggling with this is like the Chadwick Boseman problem. Right. Like, to a degree, yes. Like, it was very tragic that they lost him and stuff like that. And nobody's saying that, like, nobody's saying you shouldn't honor and respect that. But never recasting the Black Panther, like, that doesn't seem like... And they were talking about well, that. I mean, the whole point of the Black Panther was succession. Right, exactly. Like, the whole it's, point it's, of the story of his father and him, like, whoever's the leader of their people is the Black Panther. So you're saying the people doesn't have a leader anymore? <laughs> that, that doesn't. That doesn't sound right. Right, right. And so, like... By the way, I know nothing about whatever buzz or... I'm more over... Please don't cancel me. You know, I I don't know anything. You're more over talking about, like, within the the, the universe, but I'm talking about in the real world, like, 
there was people who were like, oh, you shouldn't recast it. And then there's people who are like, look, Chadwick Boseman would have never wanted you to not recast this. Like, that doesn't make sense for you to close that door for an opportunity for somebody to have that opportunity. To I mean, see you don't him. have to recast him. You can just have him be succeeded by well, someone right. else. It seems largely that that's what they're doing, you know. But at some point, they are going to have to recast it. Like, at some point, they'll reboot Marvel or... It's, you know, I mean, we've seen it in the comics, like they've redrawn comic when new artists come in and it doesn't look the same as it did. Right. Before. So it it's kind hard of hard for me to continue with Ultimate Spider-Man because of the shift at the end of it. Right. So you have a real world example. What I'm saying, though, is, is that for a character to endure, I, re- I heard this, I, for a character to endure, new interpretations of that character must be able to be given room in order for it to in order for a character to per- perpetrate beyond a single generation. And be a time type thing. Like Superman. Like Superman. Like Mickey Mouse. Like, you know, Mickey started one way and does not look the way that he started. Oh, no. No, no. Yeah. uh, You have to allow for the the development or the growth of the character itself with society and I guess their perception of it. But I think in a lot of times, like, because we're so close we're so close to when Star Wars came out originally, right? Versus, you know, Mickey Mouse came out before I was, my parents were born, I think, probably. You know? Yeah. 1940s, so, 30s, something. Yeah, way before my parents were born. <laughs> so it's like, that is a little easier to digest because it's like, yeah, I mean, like, what was I going to do? I didn't have any say back then. And this is what Mickey Mouse looks like now. Whereas, like, at least even for you and for people like Dave on the council, like you guys have been around since it started, you can still remember it. And so it's, it's somewhat of like a sacred lamb, right? That you, you're not willing to like let go just yet. And I can understand that, but I think to a large extent, what the, what this fandom needs is some acceptance of the fact that it won't always be the way that it is. And we've talked about it before on here. And I'll put it to you. I'll, I have this question for you. How long do you think it will be before they reboot episode four, five, and six with new actors and new CGI? Oh, um, how long do I think or how long do I hope? I hope never. I mean, I figured you, you would say you would hope never. But what do you, considering considering the trend of Hollywood, everything is a reboot and a re Reimagine we do it now with the new latest and greatest and we make it similar, but we add a new twist to it and we, we make it fit in because then they could make Leia have more of an emotional reaction. They could, right. you know, they could fix those things and they could see things in that they could. That's always been the joke. Like, what are you going to reboot Star Wars, dude? Like, there are some, you're going to reboot The Godfather. I know we already referenced that, but like, there's some that you just can't do again. You can't. Do lightning in a bottle twice. You know what I mean? I so, mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, they tried with Ghostbusters to a degree, and then they the, the the newest one didn't work. But then Afterlife came out, and everybody seems to love that. And that's like a sequel-ish type movie. Well, right? I haven't seen it, but if it's a continuation of my story, then I'll watch it. I don't care where it goes. Yeah, from what Until I've heard. Until it does something that I just am like, what? what? That makes no sense. Okay, so I understand you don't want it to happen, but how long do you give it in reality, knowing Disney? Do you think, or do you think that they don't do it? And you do you really think that they don't do it? And do you think that they just make new trilogies that are outside of the Skywalker saga? I think that um, 
I think that their politics will not them not allow them to just dive back into the original trilogy. Uh, they're gonna always have some call within to um, create new stories, and I feel that a lot of the the point of those stories is to be pointed, is to have. some you know some political ideology transmitted amidst the story and well, I, mean, I think i don't know if at some point their profit margin is going to drop and they may just throw it away so it may not go all the way down the rabbit hole that we're talking about but again it might they might just play it safe and keep coming up with new little little stories which is kind of what i hope they do they're definitely heavily vested. I mean, they've got the parks both in California and Florida. Right. They've got the the. I mean, for God's sakes, they have the new uh, hotel thing too. I mean, I'd say they're pretty heavily vested. And even if even if it's not great Star Wars, I think they'll continue to push out for many years to come. And that's partly sure. why that's partly why I'm of the opinion that at some point they will probably reboot that because. At some point, you're going to get a like when the generation of kids, when the generation of kids who the sequel trilogy is all that they know as their entry point. I bet you they get to a point where they redo it. Yeah. They, for God's sakes, they use in in Kenobi. They have a fake modulation of James Earl Jones voice. Like that's how they did the Vader speak. Yeah, they can make well, it they- a computer. They pretty much did a reboot with, um, you know, Force Awakens, and the world did not appreciate that. No, but that's not a reboot, though. It was. I, it was not a reboot. It was granted. really close. Well, it's not even a reboot. It's just a basically they just retread the same story and called it new, and that was another. That in and of itself was a whole issue, right? Like basically, it's Death Star three. Now it's the size of a planet. You know, right. So you're saying do a new hope scene for scene, frame for frame, but with new actors. I don't even necessarily, I, I get the feeling, yes, do it scene for scene. But at the same time, I think they're, as it is, what, what's out now for episodes four, five, and six, which like you right. said, that's still not even what you would have, what you saw in the theaters at this point. Cause George Lucas has tinkered with it so much. Exactly. I do have the VHSs of the original. And you were in the you were in rare company for having those, but to a degree, right? Like most people have still never seen the original cut that was released in theaters unless you were there. So potato potato, you re you get new actors, you reshoot it scene for scene, you maybe alter a few things, and you re-release it as the reboot remastered Star Wars. They're gonna you have to like, wait. You look like I took everyone like me is dead and gone. <laughs> That's what they're gonna have to do. Listener, Wes Wes looks like I took his presents on Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks, man. So no, you wouldn't be for it. That's not my Star Wars, right there. Interesting. Interesting. That's, so that's a line that's a line too far for you. Well, yeah, man. Why do I need another movie of a perfect movie? Honestly, like, I mean, it's like you know, learning. That's like that's like being a cover artist. 
you know? It's <laughs> really good cover artist. Like, I mean, you're not, unfortunately, you're not, we're we're not who you're hot. imitating. I was going to say, we're so. still hot in the, we're still hot in the era of the reboot and the remake, though. It doesn't, it doesn't make seem... it okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the, it used to be you could reboot something if there had been a long, long time in between the two, like every actor was dead, there was new technology, and film <laughs> itself it changed, right? Yeah, let's reboot it. Sure, let's bring it back. Let's let's tell the same story but a little more modern way. But it's become so quick now that like, I'm, it seems like they're going to be rebooting Justin Bieber pretty soon. I'm pretty sure he's still alive, isn't he? He's yes, he's still alive. Last okay, time. Well, my point being is, is it doesn't matter. If there is a uh, an allowed allotment of time in between the remaking and the original anymore, and that is the problem, there needs to be more uh, more uh, consumption of the original, more appreciation of the original, and more time in between, or else you're literally just repeating yourself. That's I don't. Know. That's how I see reboots today when they're happening so quickly in succession. And I think you have a valid point considering you're going to school for film. So, you, well, know. you know, they may have shown me a few video essays on the subject. So. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, while I definitely don't think it needs to be done, I definitely think that it's a more of an if. Not an. It's more of a when rather than an if. I think. I think at some point they will. If Star Wars, I will say this: they will. It will be a when if Star Wars lasts as a property long enough. Yeah, like you said, if, if they don't keep their it, interest, right? If it continues to make money and is profitable, I could see them. In, you know, you know, doing a remastered 50th anniversary edition or whatever. Oh yeah, you know, 100. percent They'll remaster it. They'll put it out. I mean. Every time we get a new format, like 4K, 8K, etc., they're going to put a new remastered version out. Didn't the first one come out in like 77 or 75? Yeah, 77. So, like, I mean... There's one. I'm not great at math, 77. So, yeah, we're, I mean, we're already into, into like year 50. It's been about 50 years, hasn't it? Because 77 would, 27 will be 50 years. Yeah. So, like, we're coming up to the 50-year mark. Yeah. Man, that Star Wars celebration would be cool. You want to go to Star Wars celebration in, in 2027? Hell yeah. We should we should do that. You're about the only other person who would go to celebration with me and Felicity. Where is it? Anaheim. Really? That close. That's cool. I'm down. Yeah. My wife's down, too. Yeah, you and I, you and I are lucky. We're in California. nodding her head, man. She's all over it. Um, the rest of the council is actually it'll be in London next year um, every other year they kind of do it I think somewhere else sometimes I think they do it in Canada too but don't quote me on that I've never actually been but I do want to go so we should we should plan some we should all go that sounds fun yeah so yeah so those two episodes I was telling you about the one that you want in the Clone Wars is called The Altar of Mortis and it's from okay. season it's from season three. 
episode 16. All right. And then the other one is A World Between Worlds, which is Rebels, which is from... Fourth season, episode 13. Ooh, interesting. Both episode 13, huh? Oh, no, no, no. Mortis is 16th. Oh, okay. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. I wonder if they did that on purpose, but no, never mind. So, yes, I recommend if all the listeners haven't seen those, those are those are our prime Star Wars watching, in my opinion. Rebels, A World Between Worlds, and Star Wars, The Clone Alter of Mortis. I think Alter of Mortis is like a two. I think both of those are a couple, a couple story arc. So it's more than one episode. Very but, cool. Yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, those are the things I love. I love Star Wars. I want more of it. I think Andor is going to be good. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more spy espionage, like galactic government stuff, because it is about Mon Mothma. Did you watch any yeah. of those trailers that dropped? I watched half of one and I didn't yeah. want to spoil much of it. I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. So I'm cutting it off. Uh, I don't like being, I don't like the spoon fed kind of thing. I like to go into it and just right. experience the, the piece as it is. So um, I, I feel like it's going to be darker. I think they want to play with darker. Definitely. I think- Andor was one that they sent in to, to do the dirty work. Man. If yeah, I you watched Rogue One, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. basically what happened before Rogue One, and it is exactly what, so. What yeah. gave him that reputation? Yeah, what made him to that? Yeah, What's I that? definitely think we're gonna see that character. I definitely think we're gonna see that character arc of, uh, what's his name, Diego Luna or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think we'll see his story arc from going from like a more probably, you know, inspired person. Like I get that, like. You know, he makes mention of it in Rogue One that, like, the Empire basically destroyed his family at a young age. So he may be already be relatively have a chip on his shoulder from the beginning. I'll be interested to see if he's more plucky and happy or if he's always been so dour and down. But like you said, it, from the trailer, it seems to be a much more serious tone and a much yeah. more heavy stakes game. So I'm here for it. Yeah, like I said, I'll digest it and then I'll critique it. So <laughs> I'll hold it up to that original shining light of my head cannon. The thing I'm waiting most for is the Ahsoka series, though, and mainly because, like, she's looking for Thrawn. And Thrawn is probably the biggest, most influential character in my Star Wars up, up, coming up, you know. So for me, that's like a that's a high watermark that they, I'd love. So it's moving forward from The Mandalorian, or is it a backwards in time type of deal? <laughs> um Apparently, they're moving forward from The Mandalorian, from what I've so read. It can be, so it can be Rosario Dawson. That's cool. It will be Rosario Dawson. They're already awesome. filming it and stuff like that. As far as I know, they, they're already filming it, if not already wrapped. So, like, they have the story done, you know. So they And they've kept some stuff under wraps. I'm sure you can find it. I, I, don't, I like you, don't go too far into the rumor mill beforehand yeah, the internet can spoil stuff when you want to be surprised yeah and so like i do like sometimes i'm okay with spoils depending on it but star wars i do like you i like to at least watch it initially unencumbered and without without spoilers you know as much as possible I'll, i i will watch the trailer because 
I feel like the trailer is part of the marketing thing and it, they, they make it specifically for you to watch before you see it. So I don't see that as the same as going online and reading, you know, twin sons of Tatooine's oh, league. Of the there's, there's dipping spread. your toe and there's diving in head first. Right. Uh, I just, I dip my toe in long enough to know that the water's warm enough for me and then I'm out. Like, yeah, yeah that's interesting. I'm done yep. to see where that's going. I'm done. Exactly. So, so yeah, so. So I'm really looking forward to the Ahsoka series. That is like the big one for me. Like, and I know there's some other stuff coming out before that second season. When is that coming out? Do you know? <sighs> the Ahsoka series? I'm sure it's out there and I should know. And I, I'm just sitting here professing how much I want to see it. Um, <laughs> and I don't know the current release date of it without Googling it. February 2023. So probably nice. since it's going to be released. Oh, they say after the season three premiere of Mandalorian in February 2023. There's no, it just says 2023. There isn't actually, there's not a date just yet. So they don't have that yet. But at least we get more Mandalorian in February. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we kind of got, man, the joke on our podcast is, is that we got Mandalorian 2.5 in the, in the Boba Fett. Yeah. Like the Boba Fett. So, Basically. you know. I mean, we had you had two of six episodes, wasn't? If I'm not wrong, Boba Fett was six episodes, right? Uh, like, yeah, something episode. like that. Yeah, yeah, it was real short. It was six episodes, and two of those episodes didn't even have him in it. No, they didn't. And as my wife and I have discussed, uh, the best episodes of The Mandalorian are in Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> like the best, best episodes The Mandalorian had, hands down. Boba Fett. So I would be remiss if, since we are talking about some of that, like I would be remiss if I didn't ask you before we, before we wrap things up here, since we both got stuff to do, we've been going on for an hour and 33 minutes and we could go on for, for, for another hour and 33 minutes. But you, since you are up to, up to speed on Mandalorian and you are up to speed on book of Boba Fett, what, and you were a person who, you know, went to the movie theaters and the sequel, the original trilogy is your Star Wars, per se, for lack of a better term for it. What were your feelings? How much did you enjoy, you know, young Luke Skywalker, you know, being a Jedi? You said, you know, in the beginning of this, it would have been, you know, you leave, you left Jedi wondering what it would have been like to see a lot of Jedi. But we also only very, got a very controlled Luke. We didn't get to see him go ham, you know, but I think with. Mandalorian season two and you know we got Professor Luke you know I guess in Boba Fett but what did you think of, of him you know destroying battle droids oh are you kidding me like I it was it was one of those moments when you're watching something and you just you, you know you have to blink and you're like no no I'm just not going to I don't care if it burns or stings I have to see every single frame of this I'll blink later this is phenomenal. It just, it fed that part of my soul that I really wanted to see. There was some CG stuff about his aging and his face that was a little uncanny valley, but you know what? They, they managed to deliver the feeling without having it be comical. And that's all I want. Definitely. I think, I think that's where I was on it. Obviously they, they did a little bit better job and they had a little bit better you know, technology based on what they did the first time in Boba Fett. So it was a little right. better in Boba Fett. There was still a little bit of that. And I know, I think, <clears throat> I think from what I heard too, is they had a different 
uh, character do the stand-in too for him. Oh, so really? He did a little bit of the voice work stuff, but he didn't really do a lot of the uh, physical, actual stuff. Right. Obviously. Well, his, no, his face, it, they, they did a better job. They absolutely did a better job. But from uh, a filmmaker's point of view, they, they lingered on his face just a smidge too long, long enough to say, you see, we fixed it. <laughs> and it really gave that impression like they were saying look he's better are you guys gonna be happy now like it was too long had they I not mean, lingered on that shot it would have been gravy to be fair they went so far as to hire the guy from youtube who was posting like video going hey look how much better i can do than the people you have oh really they hired oh, that that's great oh that's awesome that the guy got the job that way yeah that guy like basically did his technique and was like, did he had a bunch of videos up on YouTube and they were frame by frame, side by sides, and they're like, this is what they did, this is what I did, this is what they did, this is what I did. <laughs> and eventually Lucasfilm or Disney in this case reached out to him and hired him. They're like, You seem to be pretty good at this. You want a job? That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, you know, they did go. So you're right. I can imagine that they did go, hey, look how much better we did. We spent all this hair too long. But that one shot when he's sitting cross legged looking into the camera and it's almost like almost like a Bill and Ted or Ferris Bueller moment. Like he literally breaks the fourth wall and you're like, look, it's me. See? Yeah. it's It's just a bit too much. Other than that, it was phenomenal. Edge of the seat the whole time. Love the interaction they made with him and uh, Grogu slash Baby Yoda, whatever you want to call him. Are you um, a Grogu or a Baby Yoda? Do you still call him Baby Yoda? I'm, I am fond of, out of all of it, I'm fond of the child. You know, that's a very I, eloquent, that's a very eloquent way to put it. I haven't heard too many people vote for the child. I like the child. Something about it, it, it says more, there's more behind it. It's not just... You know, oh, look, it's mini me or it's, you know, passion fashion or whatever kind of weird Star Wars name you want to make up. You know, I'm I'm glad he has a name. But to me, it's it's I still immediately my brain will say baby Yoda first. Yeah, first. I mean, I got him on the back of my phone, but I still I look at him and I'm like, that's the child. Interesting. To me, the child is too. It's it's not enough. It doesn't give him enough identity to me. Not that Baby Yoda opportunity, it's potential. Not that Baby Yoda gives him identity. No, it locks him in. Don't get me wrong, it's terrible. Exact life. If I was really going for it, I would call him Grogu, but you know, there's just something. I, I choose to call him the child because I see him as as unlimited potential. Okay, interesting. Interesting. I like that. That's very that's very eloquent. I will ex- I, I will accept that into my head, Cameron. Thank you. No problem. Now, now, my question to you is, did you know what the child was going to select when Luke put that choice in front of him? Talking Boba Fett here. Yeah, I know. Um, I thought I did. You thought he would choose the lightsaber. I thought he would choose the lightsaber, but then... Uh, I was really surprised and I was surprised that I was relieved that he chose Mandalorian. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which, 
when he showed up in Boba Fett, did you think Luke Skywalker was going to be with him when that X-Wing pulled up, or did you know it was him? When he showed up in Boba Fett, I was, if, if I see an X-Wing, I'm imagine I'm automatically hoping it's Luke Skywalker. Right. If I, okay. At that point, if I knew Grogu was with him, I'm automatically hoping to see Luke Skywalker. I want okay. more of my story. That's what I keep saying. Right. So, so conversely, <laughs> so for me, right, like, number one, I've seen a movie called Lone Wolf and Cub. Have you ever seen that? No. It's old. It's old Japanese um, movie. And it's a very, it's got a very, it's Mandalorian borrows from it very heavily, um, as did like Wolverine, you know, the Logan movie. Logan movie was very similar to that. And it's in it like. You know, there's very much a similar scene in Lone Wolf and Cub where he makes his like young child, like young, like three or four, you know, choose between spending the rest of his time with his father seeking vengeance for what happened to his family or just being a child and staying where he is and growing up to be whoever he's going to be. So like for me, because I've seen that. When I saw the parallel happening in Boba Fett, I knew what they were going to have him choose. So for me, that kind of didn't play. But then later, you know, when the X-Wing did pull up, I like you. I was like, Luke Skywalker. Yes. And when it turned out to be, you know, Grogu, that was also cool. You know, it was definitely cool. I just, you know, there was other things I would have done in those in those things, too. You know, like it would have been it would have been cooler to see him, you know, have a little more. And he did. I mean, he took out the knee joint of the one, you know. I call them steroidicas because they look like droidicas on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did, no, he did like, take one of those out, but I would have liked to have seen his power grown a little bit more, I think. Well, there's no, it's not going to stop, man. It's a genetic thing. Like, he's going to grow. Right. It's just going to grow while he's a Mandalorian. So he's just not going to have a lightsaber. Okay, so you want to hear, I've, I've said this before, but here is my prediction on where they're going with the Mandalorian. I get the feeling that Grogu will eventually become the next Mandalore. Mandalore? Yes. Like, oh. You know, as I said, Mandalore was the person, but it became a The Darksaber, yeah, yeah. Well, the Darksaber became the person who wields the Darksaber from a successful, winning it successfully in battle becomes the, becomes the Mandalore, yes, by original Mandalorian decree and stuff. So I don't, but I don't know if that means that the Mandalorian dies and gives it to him or if he fights him for it and takes it, you know, I don't know how that secession looks, but based on what they did in the book of Boba Fett with him talking to the armorer, I get, I gather that season three is going to be about him going to Mandalore and seeking out the mythosaur and trying to tame the mythosaur to reestablish himself as the leader of Mandalore. You're talking about, Mando, uh, Mando. Not yeah, Mando. Mando. But I think ultimately, I think ultimately Grogu will be the Mandalore. Really? I don't know how they get there exactly, but I bet that's where it ends up. I wonder if he's ever going to start speaking. <clears throat> I if don't... he speaks, will he talk like Yoda? Right? Does, does he have his, his, his backward speech pattern type thing that he does, right? I mean, I don't know because we've only ever seen Yaddle, right, in the sequel tril- or in the prequel trilogy, and even then, Yaddle didn't say anything. So yeah, I was gonna say we've seen her, but she didn't talk. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's up in the air. But I do I think he'll talk? No, I don't think he'll talk at this point. 
I get the feeling maybe he'll make some sort of mental force connection and speak mentally to him. But I don't know if they make him speak or not. Hmm. I hope they don't. I like I like the ability for them to communicate without words kind of deal. It gives a yeah. visual quality and a visual weight to the story that I like. Well, they could definitely do like a, you know, um, montage of images that's him conveying a thought. Yeah, sure, sure. Even, I guess, I don't know if I would go for like a disembodied like mental voice either. You know what I mean? No, like, that would be, visuals be, would be... Visuals would be cool. Sending somebody into like a trance where they have like visions. You know what I mean? I mean, but they lead to the Almost fact like a spirit that... Walk. Because, like, that's what Luke says to him. He says, you can talk to him. He says, in a way, right? He he does it. So, like, you're right. It could not necessarily, maybe it's not necessarily, like, your basic spoken pattern because it is a mental connection. It is more of a visual language. Right. So it could be, like, uh, you know, some kind of, not transcendental, but almost like, um, I guess, the thing that keeps coming to mind is, like, a spirit walk, like, like when you go and you you have a, a spirit guide and they give you ayahuasca or something like that and you sure. you, know, you have a, a mental journey. I could see didn't they do something like that in Rebels? They did it in Boba Fett. He had the lizard go up his nose. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I mean they kind of already have that sort of thing, and they've done that. They have done that in other things too. In the Gennady Tarkovsky um, Tarkovsky Star Wars Clone Wars. Luke goes to that planet and he has like those slugs etch that thing into his skin and he kind of goes on like a vision quest thing to get oh, that around. blue thing huh, in his arm. Yeah, like it etches. It's interesting because it etches like a it etches what looks like a like a circuit board type pattern onto his yeah. arm, makes him look, you know, more like a machine, which is as obviously is a foreshadow for the Darth Vader thing, and it's done very well in that series. You know, and he goes on that whole thing to fight off. To end, end up having to fight off Ventress for the first time. Like, that's the first time he fights Ventress. Right. You know, so they've done that sort of vision quest type thing before. And like I said, now they've added in time. There's lots of different things. I'm so happy we're in the age of Star Wars we're in, you know, because <laughs> I remember, you know, I remember when it wasn't coming out like this. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, you waited forever, dude. Yeah. Or never, not knowing if they would ever. Yeah. So, no, because the part of the waiting, there was no, there was no hope. There was no, there, there was, was no internet telling you this is coming out later. There was just like maybe some, some weird, obscure Star Wars rag that you didn't even know if it was legitimized or not because it was all fan based. I remember like some of the first San Diego Comic Cons I went to were just before the internet and like, that was the first time I'd really ever been a place where I connected with other people who were on the same fandom level than me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back, then, back then it was like very early internet. It was like early forums and stuff like that. You know what I mean? If you had internet at all, otherwise you had to go to cons and stuff like that to talk to people. Oh, yeah. The only place you could talk about it was there. The, the internet has really created, um, uh, you know, an environment in a microcosm, if you will, of uh, people who love Star Wars where they can just congregate and talk about it used to be like something that you almost 
I wouldn't go so far as to say you hid from people, but you wouldn't necessarily volunteer up in normal conversation with just average run of the mill people. As much as Star Wars is the is is the culture that pops now and is pop culture, it, and it always kind of was. It wasn't really the like you said the thing that you wore openly out. You know, it wasn't yeah. like my brother made fun of me incessantly as a child when we when I that I was into Star Wars. Like I I you know I was always into the sci fi stuff, so I was always labeled and classified as a nerd back before that was a cool badge of honor to wear out you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. No, being a nerd that was it was harsh to be a it was nerd. social it was social pariah yeah and it wasn't a, it wasn't a moniker you gave yourself no yeah. no oh. you were you were you are this and you're like okay well i like this stuff so i guess i'm this absolutely yeah so that point, and all like, of a sudden nerds are on top Woo-hoo! as much as there is you know a, a large I don't even know if they're large. I just think they're very vocal, you know, in their dislike of things online. You, you can cultivate, you know, a group of people, I think, if you look in the right places and find the right people to follow who are more positive about things. And I think that's really what we need, you know, in order for our fandom. Because honestly, like, there's times now even when, like, I'm just like, I'm kind of embarrassed to be a Star Wars fan, but not for the reason that I was back in the 90s when it wasn't cool. Now it's because I'm like, some of the people who are the most vocal and saying the worst things are representing me as a fan. And I don't, I don't like it, but there's nothing I can do about it necessarily other than cultivate those better spaces, you know, and encourage people to be nicer, you know, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I know people will, will accuse you of, you know, being woke and things like that. And I've said it on here before, like if you're going to be mean and, and spiteful, like who needs you? Like the world's full of that. There's Star Wars is what we love. In Star Wars, man. Yeah, plenty to Star love in Star Wars. If there and in everything, there's stuff that you don't like, but odds are the average is leaning towards the positive. So Absolutely. just focus on that. Absolutely. Like I don't, I don't understand how you can hate something so much and still be a fan of it. You know. Seems like a lot of wasted time to me. You know, like you spend a lot of your time getting all riled up and staying angry. Spain I, like I like watching it because I like it, not because it makes me angry. There are things that I don't like, and I'm not going to really watch them again. But Absolutely. that doesn't mean there's not a wide library of Star Wars to, for me to consume. Absolutely. Well, speaking of time, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you joining me here and chatting about Star Wars and all this it's stuff. Absolutely it's fun. Right? It's been an hour and 50-some-odd minutes here. Holy smokes. I know, right? The time just goes by. So, listener, thank you very much. Um, as Alex always says, you know, you can find us on social media. There's a bunch of different ones. I put a little stinger on the end that'll tell you where you can look for all those. So, we thank you for your time. Thanks for sending it with us. And may the Force be with you. Indeed. Remember, the Force will be with you always. That is all for this week's episode. We are the Jedi Council. If you'd like to know more about us, you can check us out at our website, the-jedi-council.com. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at the Jedi underscore council, on Instagram at the underscore Jedi underscore council underscore TJC, on Facebook at TJC the Jedi Council, 
on SoundCloud at the underscore Jedi underscore council on YouTube at Jedi Council, as well as your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you spending your time with us. And remember, 